Psalm 133, right where I left it. Um, let's begin reading together, and we'll just read this whole psalm, just two or three verses here. In verse 1, he said, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. You like the sound of that? I like the sound of that. Can we read it together? It's up here on the screen. Let's read this together. Ready? Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Unity. Now he goes on in verse 2 and 3 to describe what this is like. And I believe what you're actually seeing here is you're seeing it from God's perspective. You're going to see what God thinks and how he feels about brethren, family, that's us, dwelling together in unity. He said in verse 2, it's like the precious oil upon the head, running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garments. He said, it's like the dew of Hermon, descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, the Lord commanded the blessing. And what is the blessing? Life forevermore. So he's talking about unity. He's talking about the brethren, the family dwelling together in unity. How good it is, he said. How pleasant it is. And he goes right from that into talking about the anointing. And in connection to the anointing, he talks about the blessing. And not just the blessing, but the place of the blessing. The place where God himself commands the blessing. That should get your attention. God commands the blessing. I want God commanding the blessing on my life. Commanding it. When God starts commanding something, it's like there are no more options. It's not not going to happen. Why? God's commanding it and commanding the blessing. Again, what's all this in connection to? Unity. Unity, the anointing, the blessing, commanding life forevermore. And I believe what we're seeing here is a glimpse into how God perceives and sees you and I in unity together. And you just get a real quick impression, he likes it. He's really into it. <laughs> this is something he likes, and he likes it a lot. And again, the psalmist said it like this, how good it is. And you know that, don't you? You know how good it is when you're getting along, don't you? You know how good it is, how pleasant it is when there's unity in the home, when there's unity in the family. How good it is, he said. How pleasant it is. And then he said, it's like that precious oil. Listen to some of the words he's using here to describe it. Good, pleasant, precious. Every one of these words, if you were to study them and look them up, but you don't have to, I'm about to tell you what they mean. <laughs> they actually mean a, a variety of things, but one of the things you see is agreeable to the senses. Agreeable to the senses. The five physical senses. What, sight and, and taste and 
touch and smell. And, I mean, all of the senses, it's, it's a, it, the, the scripture is saying is it's so good, it's so pleasant, it's so precious, you can feel it. I know God is spirit, but just because he's spirit doesn't mean he, he doesn't sense to some degree the way we do. He sees, he tastes, Scripture talks to us about these things. There are things, and this is what I want to get into a little bit, that have an aroma to him. Don't turn there. Let me read something to you. This is pretty interesting to me. The psalmist talks about, of course, unity, but then again, he uses the connection to the anointing and specifically the anointing oil. And he talked about that oil starting at the head, running down to the beard, Aaron's beard, onto his garments, down to the edge of his garment. Man, when they anointed somebody back then, they anointed somebody back then. This was not a little dab on the forehead, which that might be fine. But the word anoint itself, it literally means to pour onto, to rub into, to smear all over. And you get that picture reading this, don't you? It started at Aaron's head, and there was so much of this stuff that got down, it ran down his face, to his beard, to his clothes, all the way down to the edge, the hem of his garment. He's dripping with this stuff. He is soaked in this stuff. But if you go back to the Old Testament, and I'm going to read this to you out of the book of Exodus, chapter 30, and this is where God, speaking to Moses, gives him, you ready for this? The recipe. He gives them the, the, the recipe for the oil. And you might think, well, it's oil, right? Just grab a can and start pouring. No, there's something specific about it. In Exodus chapter 30, let's put this on the screen for us to see, beginning in verse 22. I'm going to read this. You follow along. It, it says, Moreover, the Lord spoke to Moses, so this is a word from God, saying, Also take for yourself quality spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much, you ready for this? Sweet-smelling cinnamon. Can somebody say sweet-smelling? Say it again, sweet-smelling, half as much sweet-smelling cinnamon, 250 shekels, 250 shekels of sweet-smelling cane, 500 shekels of cassia, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and a hen of olive oil. And you shall make from these a holy anointing oil, look at this, an ointment compounded according to the art of of the perfumer. Isn't this interesting? It shall be a holy anointing oil. With it you shall anoint the tabernacle. I want you to notice how much of this stuff they are pouring all over everything. With it, you're going to anoint the tabernacle. You're going to pour it on the tabernacle. You're going to rub it in. You're going to smear it uh, on the tabernacle of meeting, on the ark of the testimony, the, uh, the table, all its utensils and the laver and its base. 
And you shall consecrate them that they may be most holy. Whatever touches them must be holy. And you're going to pour this stuff on Aaron. And you're going to pour it all over his sons and consecrate them that they may minister to me as priests. Now, I'm saying all this to draw your attention specifically to the recipe of this. How many times did he say it's going to be sweet smelling? You got cinnamon in there, and you got myrrh and cane, and not just a little bit of it. This is a lot. And he went on to tell them, he said, this is my recipe. And he said, you are not to use this recipe for anything else. God literally copyrighted this recipe, trademarked it. And he said, it shall be made according to the art of the perfumer. Now, I don't know if they had cheesy perfume commercials back in these days, but can't you just see it? Anointing. <laughs> Moses is running shirtless through the desert and his hair's blowing in the wind. Anointing by Jehovah. It smells good. I said, it smells good. It's got a strong fragrance. And don't you know they had they probably had a vat of this stuff. And God said, I want you to anoint this, and you anoint that, and you anoint him, and you anoint them. On that anointing day, I guarantee you, you could smell it for miles anointing by Jehovah. <laughs> Available exclusively at Macy's. <laughs> but now can you get a, a sense? of what the psalmist was saying when he said how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's like that precious oil. This is, he's talking about something that is actually favorable to the senses. Can I tell you what I believe he's saying? It smells so good. Now we don't think about our unity having a smell to it, but you gotta see it and smell it from God's perspective. Our, our fellowship, our relationship, our unity, our togetherness smells so good to him. It's like that anointing oil. God's like, what is that? Is that, is that cinnamon? Is that cinnamon? That smells good. That smells good. Can you see that? But let me ask you this. If unity smells that good, what does that tell you about strife? It stinks. It stinks. It's an absolute stench in the nostrils of God. It stinks to him. And that's why my message this morning is called, What's That Smell? <laughs> Write that down. I want you to go with me to the New Testament and look at some scripture here. Matthew chapter 12. What is that smell? Whether you know it or not, there is an aroma that fills your house. There's an aroma that fills this house. And when I ask the question, what is that smell? You need to be able to identify it and answer it. In Matthew chapter 12, let's look at some of the words of Jesus. And I want to begin in verse 25. It says, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom... Divided against itself is brought to desolation. And every city or house 
divided against itself will not stand. Listen to it again. Every kingdom, he said. Every kingdom divided against itself, what's going to happen to it? It will be brought to desolation. And every city, every house that is divided against itself will not stand. You've heard this before. A house divided against itself cannot stand. It will not stand. Jesus, in just these two verses, has identified for us division happening on three different levels. The first level he talked about was the kingdom level. And a kingdom, he said, that has division in it, that is divided against itself, what's going to happen? What will be the result? Desolation, which literally means to lay waste to, utter destruction. Now bear in mind, this is not the result of an outside attack. This desolation is not because of a kingdom coming against this kingdom. This desolation is the result of the kingdom divided against itself. Division within it. He, he gave us another level to look at. He went from kingdom level to city level, which is a smaller uh, circle, if you will. But the same principle applies. The same principle, the same thing that will completely destroy a kingdom will totally destroy a city. And what is that? Division. Again, not an attack from the outside, division from within. And then he took it down another level and he said a house. A house that is not, not one that's being attacked by another house. This is not a, a fight breaking out on your street. One house against another. This is from within the house. And the same thing that will lay waste to a kingdom will lay waste to a house. Let me say it to you like this. The same thing that is trying, the same spirit that is trying to lay waste to a kingdom, it's the same stuff working in a city. It's the same stuff working in the house. And Jesus identified three different levels that division works in, but it's all the same stuff. Now, why these three levels? Well, kingdom, talking about the, the leadership of a nation or a region, a country, the ruling, the royal party, if you will, there can be division there. And we as people within that kingdom, we have some authority. Let me say it again. We have some authority. When it comes to the kingdom of the United States of America, if you're a citizen here, a resident here, if this is your place, you have some authority. I hear like one or two yeses, a couple of nods. Listen, you have some authority. You do. You have some ability within that kingdom to, to do some things, to get some things done. Our authority within the kingdom realm, extends to our prayer. And you ready for this? Our vote. Our vote. We are very privileged. We are beyond blessed to live in a place that allows us some authority. Don't 
skip out on your authority. It's not just a privilege. This is an honor. But I, I use these words advisedly. It's some authority. Yes, you do have the ability to pray. You do have the, the ability and, and the, the, the God-given right, the government-given right to vote, to make your voice heard. And there are other, other things we know. There's other ways to take a stand. And, and there may be even some from among us that, that find their place, as, their place in a position of power or in a political office. There, there are other ways to exercise that authority. But again, listen to me, our authority is some. How can I prove that to you? Have you ever prayed and or voted a way that it didn't go? Yeah. You have. We have. We're seeing some of it, aren't we? So that shows us our authority has a limit. Now you come down a level from that and you get to that city level. And you and I at that city level, we have more authority. We have more authority. Still to do some of the same things, we can pray, we can vote, and we need to be doing those things. We must be doing those things. But in addition to that, we may have, and I know that for a fact that we do, have men and women in this congregation that are called into our local government that are running for office in these places. And you know what? I want you to know, if that's you, your church supports you. We believe that that is a calling from God, and we stand with you in that. And on top of that, our authority in this city it goes even further. We're a church in this city. We own property here. And we are quite literally a city on a hill. And I'm declaring in Jesus' name, that's exactly what this church is. We are a city on a hill. We are like a, a, a lighthouse sending out a light, shining all around this community, up and down this path, just in case there's anybody out there who's living a life, crashing up against the rocks. They can see this light and be drawn by it. We have more authority in this city. And we can be a place that people are drawn to. We can be a place filled with an atmosphere of faith and with love. We can put out a sound and a smell that literally draws people in. I was thinking back as a kid watching Looney Tunes on Saturday morning. And you remember they would have this periodically, somebody, some characters in the kitchen cooking something, and they, they cook up a big Thanksgiving meal, and it's sitting on the table, and then what? The, the visual waft of that smell leaves the house, and it goes out into the street, and then there's that other character somewhere else, and the smell literally picks them up and, and draws them into the house. I'm telling you, what's that smell? We got to know what the smell is because we got to be drawing people into this place. They may not know, they may not say it coming in, what's that smell? But they'll be going, there's something different here. They'll be drawn to it. Thank you, Lord. So at the kingdom level, we have what? Some authority. At the city level, what do we have? More authority. You know where I'm headed with this. The further you go and the smaller the circle gets, that house level, guess what you have in your house? I heard it. All authority. Not some, not more, all. 
you have complete authority over what goes on in that house. And you know what you have in your house? Whatever you let in. You have in your house whatever you let in there. Why? Because you're the authority in that house. Now, our authority is limited at the other levels. That doesn't mean we don't act on it. That doesn't mean we don't take our authority. We better be praying. We better be voting. Right? We better be using our authority. But as much or more than any of that, we take authority at this level where he's given it to us in our houses. And what Jesus is identifying here is division getting in at every level. And what we've got to understand is that what's tearing the political system apart right now is the exact same stinking stuff that's tearing apart homes. It's not different. It's the same spirit. It's division, it's strife, and it stinks. It stinks. This is why most of us, a lot of us, have such a, and let me use this phrase if I can, a distaste in our mouths for the current political climate. Anybody else? Yeah. You don't like what you see. I don't like what I see. Well, what is it you're seeing? What is it you're tasting? What is it you're smelling? Strife. Strife running rampant. Division. Not an attack from the outside. See, everybody's got that on their minds right now. The, the nuclear capabilities of this nation and, and, and the army of this other nation. And it's all so volatile. And what, what's going to happen if they attack us? You know what we should be thinking about is getting this division that's trying to eat us from the inside out, dealing with that and getting rid of it. Amen. Because what will lay waste to a kingdom is this strife, this division. What is division? Well, division. It literally means to separate into two groups. Is this happening? Separate into two groups. The, the, that prefix die, it, it means two. It means separated. And think about what happens when you put that with vision. What is strife the result of? Two visions. Two visions in the same house. That's going to produce strife. And that's what we have in our current political climate. And the reason... It's getting more magnified, more amplified, is because the visions are more different than they've ever been. You've got one that is further that way than it's ever been, another further this way than it's ever been. But it's two visions. And you know what, church? To a certain extent, what can we do about that? We can pray, we can vote, we can stand, but God Himself will not overrule the will of man. And you're not going to overrule somebody's will with your prayer. At the city level, what do we have? Well, a little more authority. 
Maybe a little greater access to get involved. Maybe, maybe our, your, your voice is a little more amplified and magnified. And, and here we have, like I said, this church, and we can be a stand for righteousness, and, and we can be a light, a city on a hill. But what I really want to get at is that house. Because in that atmosphere, we have total authority, and we can deal with strife. And we have the ability to keep it out of our homes. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.